0: Um, because I'm a little different, I love things, doing things a little different, this morning I wanted to pose with a question, I'm going to come out with a mic, just a couple people, we would love to talk with you a little bit about why do we gather together to worship? So, why are you here this morning to worship? If I could have just a couple people say, hey, I would like to tell you why I worship. Don't everybody jump so fast? You want to tell me over here? No? Why are we here to worship? Uh, All right. Uh, Because he's worthy, and it's good for us. He is worthy, and it is good for us. Now, Dad here, you had something as well. To get closer to God. To get closer to God. Absolutely, he is worthy. It's good for us, because we draw closer to him, because the more we focus our heart on him, it, it aligns us, and we are closer to him through that. You had something over here. I'll come over to you in just a second you love Jesus. He is so worthy. Yes, let's come over here. Why, why do you come and gather together to worship? We're commanded to gather with God's people. We are commanded to gather together with God's people. You know, we are called throughout scripture to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, to come together and be a body that worships together. And that is all great in truth. But how often do we make worship that's supposed to be aimed at Christ about us? We get frustrated because things are not the way we think they should go at church. We hear a certain type of song. Maybe you're a person that knows, I love hymns, but I hate worship choruses. Or maybe you're the person that says, I love worship choruses, why do we have to sing these songs that have words in them that we don't even understand sometimes? And we get frustrated. We think, well, the lights are too bright, or maybe the lights are too dark. We feel like we have all our own expectations of what we think the way it should be. But here's the thing I want you to start with when we talk about this morning. Remember this. Worship is not about you. Right? Worship is about the great King of kings and Lord of lords. This morning, before we jump into the message, I just want to share a quick story with you all about two different views about praise worship songs versus hymns. Now, the whole message this morning is not about this, but the idea about lining our hearts back with Christ about who he is. But this morning, I want to start with this, because this is what happens so often. We start becoming so critical of other views when it comes to worship or certain things in the church. So here's the story. An old farmer went to a city one weekend and attended the big city church. He came home and his wife asked him, how was it? Well, said the farmer, it was good. Uh, Actually, I lied. It wasn't good at all. They did something different. They sang praise and worship songs. Praise and worship songs? Well, what are those? Well, they're kind of like hymns, but not near as good. Well, what's the difference? Well, let me tell you like this. If I were to say to you, Martha, Martha, the cows are in the corn, well, that would be a hymn. But if, on the other hand, I were to say to you, Martha, 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 oh, Martha, 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 The cows, the big cows, the brown cows, the black cows, the white cows, the black and white cows, the cows, the cows, the cows, the cows, cows, cows. The cows are in the corn. The corn, corn, corn. Corn. And if I were to repeat that two or three times, well, that would be a praise and worship song. The crazy thing is, the very same Sunday, a new Christian from a city attended a small town church. He came home and his wife asked him, well, how was it? Well, the young man said, it was good. No, actually, it was horrible. They did something really different. Instead of singing praise and worship songs, you know, regular songs, they sang hymns. And she goes, well, what is that? Well, they're kind of like our regular songs, but not good. Well, what's the difference, asked the wife. Well, the young man said, well, it's like this. If I were to say to you, Martha, the cows are in the corn, that would be a regular song. But if I were to say to you, oh, Martha, dear Martha, hear thou my cry, Inclinest thy ear to the words of my mouth, turn thou thy whole wondrous ear by and by to the righteous and glorious truth. For the way of the animals, who can explain? There in their heads is no shadow of sense. Hearkenest they in God's Son or his reign, unless from the mild, tempting corn they are fenced." Yea, those cows in glad, bovine, rebellious delight have broke free from their shackles, the warm pens askewed. Then goaded by minions of darkness and night, they all my mild, chileweck-sweet corn chewed. So look to that bright shining day by day where all foul corruptions of earth are reborn, where no vicious animal makes my soul cry, and I no longer see those foul cows in the corn. Then if they were to sing verse 1, 3, and 4 with a key change, that would be a hymn. Now here's the funny thing about that. Many of us might have views on hymns or praise choruses or styles of different things in worship. And this is a funny joke, but I'll tell you, as a pastor, I've heard people say, I don't know why we don't get back to those good old days, those hymns, and I've heard people that from you know, They go, why don't, I don't know why people don't just move on into, to a new world. But guess what? It doesn't really matter because our desires are not the point of worship. See, one thing we need to really rally around and remember as we begin the message today, worship is not about us, but it is about the great King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So this morning, as we jump in, we turn to Psalm 66 because we're going to talk about a call to praise, a call to worship. And we're going to read through Psalm 66. And when you find it, will you please stand up? We're going to read through that, standing up together. And then we're just going to look at a few observations that we see in that passage. Psalm 66, for the director of music, a song, a psalm. Shout with joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praises glorious. Sing to God how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies cringe before you. All the earth bows down to you. They sing praises to you. They sing praises to your name. So come and see what God has done. How awesome his works in man's behalf. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the waters on foot. So come, let us rejoice in him. He rules forever by his power. His eyes watch the nations. Let not the rebellious rise up against him. So praise our God, O people. Let the sound of his praise be heard. For he has preserved our lives and kept our feet from slipping. For you, O God, you tested us. You refined us like silver. You brought us into prison. You laid burdens on our backs. You let men ride over our heads. We went through the fire and the water, but you brought us to a place of abundance. I will come to your temple with burnt offerings and fulfill my vows to you. Vows my, my lips promised and my mouth spoke. When I was in trouble, I will sacrifice fat animals to you. An offering of rams. I will offer bulls and goats. So come and listen, all who fear God. Let me tell you what he has done for me. I cried out to him with my mouth. His praise was on my tongue. If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God has surely listened and heard my voice in prayers. So praise be to God who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love from me. Let's pray. Father, this morning as we just walk through this text... Lord, we pray that you will just work in our hearts. That, Lord, you will draw us to be more like you and you will open our eyes to you. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. May be seated. As we look at this passage and this text, there's a couple things I want to really just wrestle through with. But before we jump into the wrestling of, I want to give a little backstory to this. Many of the Psalms have Um, Titles where they were attributed to someone as the author. This is a passage that was not attributed to any specific person. And there were times in Scripture that there were actually interjected songs and praises given by priests, written, to put into the Psalms when they actually gathered all the books together. And a lot of scholars believe that this is one of those Psalms. This was written approximately 535 B.C., a lot of scholars believe that, which was about the time that Ezra... In the book of Ezra, they were rebuilding the temple, the second temple foundation. As Pastor Sid was preaching the last several weeks, talking about the temple being rebuilt, this was a time when they were celebrating the temple being built. In fact, another marrying passage with this is Ezra 3.13, where it talks about as they were celebrating the temple, there were people raising shouts of praise, singing the praise, but there were also people mourning because they couldn't differentiate between those two. Now, I share that because as we look into this passage, we're going to wrestle through what was Israel, what were the people thinking, what were they processing as they were going through this. Because it's very easy to jump into a passage and say, well, yeah, it says that, but they don't really understand my circumstances. No. The reality is God understands way beyond us. So let's jump into that passage. Let's review a couple things, and we're just going to come up with a couple truths out of this passage. So starting with verse 1, it says, Shout with joy to God, all the earth. seeing the glory of his name. Make his praises glorious. We are called to shout. Shout the very joy of God. Why are we called to shout with joy? Because we have the Holy Spirit. We have the Lord on our side. Here, they're shouting for joy. Because they were in the process, they just rebuilt the temple foundation. And they're going, yes, this means we have victory. Every time a temple was rebuilt, it was a sign to Israel that the Lord was with them again. And here, they're declaring, God is with us. He did not abandon us. We get to celebrate that. And guess what? We get to celebrate that too. But here's the funny thing about it. It doesn't say, mumble with joy. To shout with joy. Now, some of y'all might be thinking, well, Pastor Nate, that's easy for you because you're a loud person. <laughs> but the reality is throughout Scripture, we're all called to do things that are not natural for us, but we're called to do them anyway. Some of you might be thinking, well, Pastor Nate, I'm, I'm a really quiet person, and I just am supposed to be quiet and sit here quietly. And but this says, it doesn't say sit quietly, it says shout with joy, all you nations. This is for everybody. This is a call for every man, woman, child to declare the goodness of God, to shout out his praises, to lift up his name, to sing for joy, sing the glory of his name. Isn't it ironic that we're called to shout with joy and sing his glory? See, there's something about coming together and singing that we're called to really just lift up and exalt His name. And I know I'm a boisterous person, but it's not about me. It's called, it's about Him. It's about His name and His glory. We are called to really declare His goodness. Because when we declare His goodness, it takes the eyes of our own eyes off ourselves and it realigns us back to Him. It takes our eyes off maybe our own uh, preferences. And it aligns us back to Him. You see, it's not about a style, it's about a Savior. It's not about our preference, but it's about the Prince of Peace. It's about realigning our heart back to Him and saying, God, you are worthy. Is He worthy, brothers and sisters? He is worthy to receive all glory. All honor and all praise. So we are called to shout for joy all the earth. Not sit and be quiet. So we use shout for joy. But not only that, that is an intro to this passage. We are called to praise God for his awesome works. Verse 3 says this. Say to God how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies cringe before you. All the earth bows down to you. They sing praises to you. They sing the praises of your name. Here, the psalmist is saying, listen, all the earth,
1: they don't have
0: our God. And they cringe at the thought of being against our God. Do we come into life with that view? If we had the view of that, that man, the power of our God, that all the earth bows down to you, they sing praise to you, they sing the praise of your name, and they cringe before you. We can walk in victory celebrating that our God is the King of kings and Lord of lords, and we have nothing to be afraid of, but we have everything to celebrate. Everything to celebrate because we have victory in Christ. So we're called to say to our God, how awesome are your deeds. How great is your power. So this morning, I just want to give an opportunity, because I love practicing what we read. Is there anybody here say, I would love to declare an awesome deed of God. That I would love to declare it publicly. Because I believe that we are called to do that. To shout it, sing it out, declare his goodness, his awesome deeds. So, I'll walk around with a mic. Is anybody here say, hey, I would love to share an awesome deed of God. Don't everybody raise your hand at once. All right, Michelle. Uh, he's changing my heart and opening my eyes to His Word. Change her heart and open her eyes to the Word. I tell you what, you know what, Michelle? You're not alone in that. If you know Christ is your Savior, that is an awesome, awesome deed. That you can recognize that I am no longer who I was. I was dead, but we are now alive. And that is awesome and worth celebrating. Anybody else? All right, Tim. Yeah, God has blessed us with an awesome place to live here and an awesome community and just with jobs and everything. It's been awesome seeing how God has uh, worked in our lives. So when you think about God has provided a place to live, God has provided, uh, supplied jobs, that is an awesome word of God, isn't it? And we get to declare, God, you are good, you are faithful, you are trustworthy, and you provide. And we get to celebrate that. So thank you. Can I get one more person to say, I want to declare God's awesome deeds this morning. Okay, we'll get we'll get three more people. They all went exact same time, so we'll start with you. He has blessed me with uh, wonderful children and grandchildren, and son-in-laws even. Family is a gift of God. All of them. He has healed my cousin's child of leukemia. Oh, how awesome is the work of God! Is that? That is an awesome work that God has healed. Use it. How related? Your cousin's daughter of leukemia. That is so awesome. I don't know about you, but we need to celebrate that. God has blessed us with two children and actually three children, but two in less than a year, which is just amazing. Yeah. God has gifted them with a family celebrating life, growing their family. Does she want to share something right here? You want to share something you want to praise God for? I'm coming around. We'll put you in the mic, okay? Jesus healed my cat when he had a hole in his neck. That is so awesome. Jesus healed your cat. Guys, we too often forget about the very awesome works of God and we take so many things for granted. You ever notice that? We think, oh, that's just the way things go. But God works to the healing of a cat's neck because he cares. Because he's not a God way out there and we're way over here. he is a God, a part of every part of our lives, working and moving. So we praise him for his awesome works. But not only do we praise him for his awesome works, but we praise him for his deliverance. Let's keep reading there in verse 5. So come and see what God has done, his awesome deeds for mankind. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the waters on foot. So come, let us rejoice in him. He rules forever by his power. His eyes watch the nations. So let not the rebellious rise up against him. Here we see the psalmist remembering and celebrating the deliverance of being able to cross the Red Sea on dry land. You might be thinking, well, how is that deliverance? Because the reality is they were standing in a place of being stuck. On one side, Egypt. On the other side of the Red Sea, and they had nowhere to go, and with Pharaoh's army coming after them. And in this moment, God miraculously parsed the Red Sea and delivered them from death, delivered them from the bad circumstances of being back in bondage. They were delivered. So here's the question for you How have you been delivered? Can I get a couple people to say, This is how I was delivered? Let's celebrate those moments. Coming over here, Keith. Uh, I, celebrate the, I celebrate the Lord's presence in uh, times of uh, unanswered prayer and that, and uh, just deliver from discouragement and things like that. All right. Yeah. It's supposed to be on. Is that on? Hello? Okay, say it one more time. Okay, I've been delivered from a lot of discouragement and uh, unanswered prayers and that His presence and His power is with me. His joy is with me and and that's all I can ask for in a lot of different times. So uh, glory to God for His joy. Hmm. Has anybody here gone through some deep discouragement and really the joy of the Lord has been your strength? Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you, when you recognize that the joy of the Lord is so much greater than any circumstance we can be in, we can celebrate God's Provision. We can celebrate God's deliverance. We can say, God, you are worthy. Anybody else? How has God delivered you? All right. From some pretty tough anxiety, he's, he's worked heavily in my heart to help me work through that. Oh, Anxiety. Um, man, there is so much freedom in Christ. And that's a tough thing. And yet we can recognize that God is at work and he does give deliverance. Thank you for sharing that. Is there one other person? All right. I love that. I said, is one of them? And her hand was up really quick. Um, Just bitterness about specific situations that can come and um, having change come. Hmm when we can recognize that God wants to take our bitterness and exchange it for his grace. I tell you what, there is so much freedom in that. And there is deliverance in that. And I can tell you this, each one of us, you may not think about it, but I want you to write down in your papers, how has God delivered you? Process that. Each one of us, if we know Christ, we have gone through a moment of deliverance. And we take things for granted, and we just blow off like it's nothing. And yet we need to celebrate and give praise to God for that deliverance. Because here it says, so come and see what God has done. He's saying, let me tell you something, because I've got something good to tell you. Do you have something good to tell someone? Don't just keep that to yourself, but share it. Declare it. Celebrate God's goodness. But not only looking at how has God delivered us, but looking at God's Praising God for preserving and purifying us through the pain. Let's keep reading there. Verse 8. Praise our God, all people. Let the sound of his praise be heard. He has preserved our lives and kept our feet from slipping. For you, God, tested us. You refined us like silver. You brought us into prison. You laid burdens on our back. You let people ride over our heads. We went through the fire and water, but you brought us to a place of abundance. I will come to your temple with burnt offerings and fulfill my vows to you. Vows my lips promised and my mouth spoke when I was in trouble. I will sacrifice fat animals to you. And offerings of rams I will offer bulls and goats. What they're saying, the psalmist is saying is here is, listen, God, you have brought me in through so much stuff and you have brought me out of so much stuff. You brought me to the point where I thought I was slipping, but you've kept my feet from slipping. You brought me into prison. You laid burdens on me. Why in the world, when we look at this, would we think, what, God? You brought us into prison? What? What? Huh? And you laid burdens on us? Why in the world would God ever do that? Doesn't that seem like it goes against the very character of God? God is good. He's love. Why would we ever think that God would put us in prison and these burdens? But when we look at it, it says, and you refine us as silver. The idea of refining as silver is the idea of really heating us up so much that the bad separates. And the idea of refining silver, that's called smelting. Um, And the idea behind that is they actually take this dirty, raw silver, this natural silver, put it in a vessel. They heat this vessel up super-duper-duper hot. And they, to the point where it's melting and it gets really hot and they keep letting it burn. And the hotter it gets, the, the impurities start rising to the top. And the, and the pure silver, with, with its weight, sinks to the bottom. And then they can take the dirty stuff and scrape it off the top, or they can wait till it cools and they can beat it. And the dirty impurities break off because they're weak. Now, here's the thing is what he's saying is here is listen, God, you brought us to these things. Why? Because you've made us stronger, you've drawn us closer to you. You purified us and preserved us through the pain. Has there ever been a time in your life where the pain has almost seemed unbearable? But When you come through it, you're going, Wow, God, you drew me closer to you through it, and you made me more like you in it. Does anybody have that? If you do, I would love to hear it. I was sick for about six years, and we went from doctor to doctor, and my body just kind of kept failing. And we were given basically no earthly hope of the situation getting better, and that is what I needed to be drawn in closer to the hope in Christ. Uh, Six years. Mm -hmm. And when you look back over it, you're going, wow, God. In the moment, you might be going, oh, help, I can't do this, God. But I can tell you there is victory in understanding the refining fire of him working in us. Thank you for sharing. Anybody else have something they want to share? They're like, I've gone through the refiner's fire. This is one thing I just want to share, and it is all glory to God. So anybody else? All right, Skeeter. Yeah, um, I was sick when I was 29, and I was told I wouldn't make it to 43. No, I'm 73. <laughs> that's deliverance right there, and that's Him working through us, so he's preserving and purifying us. Thank you, Skeeter. Anybody else want to share God's way of preserving and purifying you? All right, come back here, Josh. Um, My kidney failed about a year ago, and I was on dialysis for about nine months, and then through prayer and just believing and the prayers of the church, my uh, niece came forward and she donated her kidney to me. So now I'm back in perfect health. And God has preserved you and purified you through that. And have you drawn closer to him through it? Yeah. I can tell you, many of us throughout this whole room have stories of how God has preserved and purified us. How it literally took the very fire of life to really start working away the impurities. Um, I know back in 2006, very first, January 2nd, 2006, um, I was a younger guy in my 30s and uh, I had the, some of you guys know the story, some of you do not, but I w- had my four-month-old in my arm. He's not four months anymore, but he was four months then, and I dropped the spit rag, and I went to pick it up. And in that moment, I felt my back pop. And I didn't realize it, but about a month and a half later, I, I, I lost all feelings in my legs, um, I had a hard time walking, got to the point where I couldn't walk anymore, and I ended up fracturing a vertebrae, rupturing a disc. And the only feeling I had from my hips down we're like my legs were on fire, nonstop. And uh, I, I remember my wife and I praying and praying, and praying, Lord, please get us out of this. I can't take this. I, this pain is unbearable. Um, we had no money coming in, God was providing. We were overwhelmed. And we prayed and prayed and prayed. And for six months, we prayed, prayed, prayed. And there wasn't a miraculous healing. And we're like, what in the world, God? And then we had back surgery, and God allowed me to learn how to walk again. Um, We did water therapy, going to the YMCA, relearning how to walk. Using a walker, I had to learn how to walk on a treadmill going one mile an hour. And I share this story because of this. I remember going from the point of going from a walker to a cane. And I was like, yes, I've graduated to a cane, and this is so awesome. But then I remember crying out to God, God, please don't become, let me become so self-relying that I don't need you anymore. Because if you've ever gone through the fire, there's a place where freedom, and I mean this, you've got nothing but God to work. And there's total freedom in recognizing that, God, you purify. God, you preserve. And God, I've got nothing, but you've got everything. And we can give praise to God for that. We can declare, God, you are good, you are faithful, you are trustworthy, and you provide because, God, you are God, and I am not. So this morning, let's praise God for preserving us and purifying us. In your papers, what difficult circumstances is God using to refine you? Process that for just a second. Write that down. Say, God, what are you doing to refine me? Not only do we praise him for preserving and purifying us, but we also praise him for hearing our prayers. Verse, uh, verse 16 says this, So come and hear all who fear God. Let me tell you what he has done for me. I cried out to him with my mouth. His praise was on my tongue. If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God has surely listened and has heard my prayer. So praise be to God who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love from me. Last point here is we get to recognize that, listen, we celebrate and praise God because he hears our prayers and because he cares. Like I said a couple points ago, he's not a God way out there. He's the God that's involved in every one of our lives. He's at a work to accomplish his good will, to draw us closer to him. The ironic thing is, we we look at this verse here, um, verse 17, it says, I cried out to him with my mouth, his praise was on my tongue. And then it goes in 18, if I cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. The natural response would go, well, the psalmist would then say, therefore I did not cherish sin in my heart. But he doesn't jump to declare his righteousness. In fact, what he does is says this, but Lord... I praise you. You've not rejected my prayer or withheld your love from me. In fact, what he's saying is this. Listen, if I held the sin in my heart, you would not have listened to me. I'm not going to focus on me. I'm focusing on your love and your value and your purity and your holiness and your goodness. Because God, you are the God who redeems. You are the God who revises. You're the God who works. You're the God who heals. You're the God of awesome deeds and awesome works. So why Do we sing praises? Why do we shout out his good works? Because he is worthy. Will you shout out his praises? Will you declare his goodness? It's so easy to come to church, sing a couple songs nonchalantly, but not shout out his praises. It's easy to go through your week and focus on negativity instead of saying, God, you are faithful in the pain. You carry us. You know, I put on here four reasons why I feel, I call them praise inhibitors. Praise inhibitors, the things that we put our eyes on instead of truth. We do not see God for who he is. We forget what God has done. We doubt his goodness and his purpose, and we do not believe he cares. I believe ultimately when we struggle with praising as children of God, as those who have tasted and seen the very goodness of Jesus Christ, the reason why we struggle with praising is because we take our eyes off the Savior and we put our eyes on the circumstances around us. We, do, we don't see God for who he is because we lose sight of him being the center of our view and we focus on everything else. We forget what God has done. Brothers, sisters, listen closely. Listen closely. We need to celebrate what God has done. Tell our children. Tell our grandchildren. Don't let the stories that God has worked into your life die with you. Just like in this psalmist here, the psalmist was declaring and celebrating them crossing the Red Sea. We need to declare that to the next generation. Tell them. They might think we're some crazy old people. But we serve a crazy awesome God. Let us... Celebrate him. Let's not doubt his goodness and his purpose. He is at work in you. Even when you don't know what's going on, he is at work in you. And you might have these doubts of, well, does God really care? I can answer that with one name Jesus. How do we know he cares? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. In what world does the God who created all things die for those he created? That's our world with our God and our Savior. And that's because he loves you and cares for you. So will you give him praise? This morning, I want to give you a challenge. I announced it last night. It's a Saturday night service. I announced it the first service this morning. I want to give, you know they do that 30-day Thanksgiving challenge? I don't care about Thanksgiving. I want us to give a 30-day praise challenge that every morning and every night you will go through one of these areas and you will thank God for something. You praise Him for deliverance. You praise Him for His awesome deeds. You praise Him for hearing you. You praise Him for working in you, for His purifying you and preserving you. And you, every morning and every night, if you're willing to do this with me, do this challenge with me, we're going to praise Him. And why do I want to do this for 30 days? Because I want us to realign our hearts back with the Messiah, with the Savior. Because it's so easy to be ungrateful, but when we recognize who He is and what He's done, we can actually be thankful, grateful, and celebrate loudly because that is our God and that is our King. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we celebrate who you are. We celebrate this morning your Son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, we just thank you for your very amazing nature who humbled himself came among us lived among us became one of us and even died for us so we could be made right with you Lord your love is so good and lord this morning we celebrate it so let us sing your praises let us shout out with joy for the god of our salvation let us not be silent Let us celebrate who you are. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.